Amen. Are you standing on the promises this morning? Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 5. And I'll go ahead and let you in on it. I've got eight pages of notes, four main points, and three to five sub-points for each point. But while we were singing, that sinuses I've been dealing with for the last three weeks started draining my throat, so I may not get through half of it this morning. Amen. <clears throat> but this morning, we're going to be talking about walking with God. And this thought kind of came to my mind last week. I was sitting back here with all the business of life, the business of the holidays, and everything that's always going on. You know, I just got to think, was thinking for a moment there. Where am I walking to? Where am I going? You ever thought much about that? Where are we walking to today? Where's your life headed? With all the turmoil in the world, all the unrest, everything that's going on, who are you looking to for your hope? You know, we had a chance to go somewhere a few weeks ago, and all we did was walk. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't feel like we got anywhere very important. My wife and kids may disagree, but that's... But you know, we go through life. And we're constantly going and constantly doing. But at the end of life, what difference what you're doing, what difference is it going to make? Amen? Because you do realize that, you know, I've mentioned several weeks ago, you know, I'm half, almost a half a century old now. You know, I'm getting up there real old. But, you know, thinking about that, all the dreams, all the plans, all the aspirations of life, you know, they're not going to mean anything, are they? All the buildings that we build and all the things we do, all the stuff we amass and accumulate, one day it's going to be useless. We've got garages, outbuildings, basements full of stuff that we're holding on to because we may need it one day. But guess what? Most of the time, we're not going to need it, are we? But this morning... Just a little inflection in your own life. Are you walking with God? With all the business and all the chaos and all the stuff that's going on in this world and the things that we need to do, that we have to do, we have to go to work, we have to do certain things. But as Paul said, we, we war, the flesh and the spirit are constantly warring against one another. They're constantly in a battle. You know, the flesh wants to gratify itself and the spirit wants the flesh to learn to gratify God. Amen. And glorify God. Because that's the eternal value that's there. Is our walk with God. If you would stand with me for a moment. For reading God's word. Genesis chapter 5. Begin with verse 21. Enoch lived 65 years. And begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah. Enoch walked with God 300 years. And had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch. Were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Our Heavenly Father, we love you today. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in this service this morning, Lord. But God, more than anything else, we thank you that we have a God in heaven that loved us so much that he sent heaven's best to be the substitution, to be the sacrifice, that we could have a relationship with you. That we could walk with you. That we could sup with you. And that God you would meet our needs. And that you were mindful of everything that we stood in need of. God we love you today. And we thank you. And we ask you these next few moments. We ask that your Holy Spirit would just enlighten our hearts and our minds. 
For God, you know us better than we know ourselves. To help us see the need of walking with you and serving you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You may be seated. You know, the Bible doesn't say much about Enoch other than he walked with God. Who was Enoch? You know, we learned in Bible quiz and other things that, you know, he was the one that walked with God and was not anymore. I've heard Bible prophecy teachers tell us that Enoch's going to be one of the witnesses that comes back. But not, there's not a lot said about Enoch. <clears throat> you know, the son of Jared, verse, chapter 5, verse 18, he was the father of Methuselah, who, who was the oldest man in the Bible. He was the seventh in descent from Adam in the line of Seth, Jude 14. And he lived 365 years old and he begot children, sons and daughters. But what we want to look at this morning, the, the most pressing point about Enoch's life is that he walked with God. Are you walking with God today? You know, I've told my story a long time ago that, you know, you know I was raised in church and then I got out of church and, you know, then I just got to the point where I didn't even believe in church anymore, didn't believe in it because, you know, sometimes people let you down. Amen? And life doesn't really work out like we want it to work out. But I came to a conclusion one night in a service, on a Wednesday night service back in 1990 in the old sanctuary when Terry Trammell was preaching on a Wednesday night. And I said, Lord, you know, I see people with joy. I see people with hope. I see people walking with you and serving you. You know, part of me wants to do that, but then part of me wants to just go do what I was doing. I said, Lord, if you would, just whatever it takes, get me to the place where I'll never doubt you, where I'll never want to walk with you again. Be careful when you pray those prayers. Amen? Because about four months later, or five months later, I woke up in a place I wasn't planning on being, doing some things, going through some things I wouldn't plan on. But because of that encounter, because of that desire, God moved me to a place that I'm serving Him and walking after Him. I'm not perfect yet. My wife tells me I am, but I'm not there yet. Maybe some sarcasm in that. But I came to a realization that, you know what, God is the, the answer, amen? Because he's the only one that's not letting me down. And he won't let you down. Though he don't give us some of the desires that we want, some of the things we want, they disappoint us and we blame God for it. But God is an infinite in wisdom and understanding and he knows our beginnings. He knows our future. And he sees things that we can't see. So that's why God allows things in our lives. But all he requires us just to keep walking and keep trusting him. You know, not much is said about him other than that God, he walked with God and God took him. You know, God's going to take us all one day, amen? It's appointed unto man once to de the death and after that the judgment. There's people that put their finger in the face of God, that don't believe in God, that, that ridicule Christ. And you know what? God lets them do it. There's coming a day of reckoning that we're all going to face the judgment. Amen? You know, the words walked with God denote a devout life, lived in close communion with God. Where's your communion at today? How much do you really think about God? And this is what I want you to really think about this morning. Because the reason I had this thought last week is because I was sitting back over in the back and I was thinking all the things I've got to do this week. And all the things I've got to get done. And all the things I didn't get done last week. And we all have deadlines. We all have things we got to get done. But when God wants us just to come in here and worship Him. Amen. Yeah. 
You know, we don't come in here just to sing, just to be singing. We don't come in just to say prayers, just to be part, take up some space in the service. But you know, as Paul says, you know, sometimes we've got to sanctify ourselves. We've got to prepare ourselves to come into his presence, to allow him to work and move. And I said all that to say this, just thinking, you know, Lord, in all of this, where am I with my walk with you? You know, the world makes New Year's resolutions. I don't care about those things. Amen. But all I want to do is get closer to God every year and walk a little bit more because the more I see and, the, and looking at the word and looking at his spirit, dealing with our heart, we realize how inadequate we really are. But God wants to move us to that place. But Enoch, he walked with God. He was in close communion with God. The words, and he was not, are explained by Hebrews 11.5. It says, Paul says in 11.5, it says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. This world, we try to please everybody else, don't we? How many of you realize you're not going to please anybody? The only one I've tried to please most of the time is my wife because I have to go to sleep. Amen? <laughs> now, I'm serious this morning. Somebody asked me the key to a happy marriage. It's not you can be right or you can be happy. You know, we know that part. But in my own witness, in my own life, I find don't do the stuff that makes them unhappy. But that's good marriage advice. But more than anything else for our spiritual walk. Do you want to please God as Enoch pleased God? Because that's where it's all about. Because I'll be honest with you, my wife, my kids, my church, there's a lot of things in this world that makes me happy. But it's nothing like walking with God. And feeling His touch and feeling His presence and how He moves us. Because you know what? We're full of problems. We're full of issues. We're messed up, broken people. And there's things in our hearts and the recesses of our minds that the world, people around us don't even know that we're dealing with. But when you have a walk with God, you can give them to Him. And He'll give you the strength for that day, for that moment. Because that's the way God is. And we can please God through walking with Him. We see that the words in Genesis that lived, begat, and died in Genesis reveal how brief yet uniform our lives are. You're going to live. You're going to be born, you're going to live, and you're going to die. That's life. And that's where we're at, and that's where we've got to understand. But Enoch was a man who walked with God. You know, when I die, it I don't want it to be said to me that I had all this great wealth, or I had this or that. But that I please God. Because this life is short, this life is brief. But there's coming the eternity that we're all going to enter in. That's going to go on forever and ever and ever. As the song says, we've been there 10,000 years. We're just going to be beginning to praise Him. Amen. That's good testimony for the Christians. But for those that don't know Him, could you imagine 10,000 upon 10,000 years of, of torture and torment? Using the story of Enoch's life, I want to share with you some important points concerning walking with God today. The first point is the companion of walking with God. The companion for life's walk is a divine companion. God wants us to walk with Him. Amen? Paul said, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living 
believe in God as God has said, I will dwell in them and will walk with them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Second Corinthians 616. In other words, Paul says you can't walk with God and live and dwell in this world, live like the world. Amen. Paul says you can't live in sin and expect to have the communion to walk with God. And I'm thankful that, you know what, we do sin, we do have sin, but Christ paid the answer, that paid the price. Amen. You know, the agnostic and the skeptic ask, where is God? But the Christian, like Enoch, is quietly walking with his divine companion. Do you know what it's like to really walk with God? It's not a deep thing, actually. You know, Carly was telling me the story yesterday about how she went ice skating the other night. And it, this little Asian baby, little boy, just started coming up, skate beside her and holding on to her. And then she walked to the concession stands and he went right there with her. I picked on and told us because she was so short he thought that she was his age, but that's our little joke. We pick on our baby, my oldest baby, who's 20 now. But you know, I was thinking about that. That's what God wants us to do. Amen. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. But we know someone we can walk with that knows it all. Amen. And he says, just walk with me. He's our companion. He's the one. He wants to be with us. He wants to be in communion with us. Secondly, he's the companion for life's walk and a close companion. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times. Proverbs 17, 17. And God is a companion who is near at all times. He makes his abode in the Christian and he walks with him always. The Bible also said he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You ever thought about that? You know, my brother who's been gone three years now, and you know, it's still not easy at times. Because he was one I looked to so much growing up and then through my life. But I'm thankful that I have a father in heaven. Who's better than that and closer than that. We have a companion. But also the, the companion for life's walk is faithful. I've already mentioned, you know, people let you down sometimes, don't they? But guess what? God will never let you down. You know, we can trust him for he is faithful and just. He does not desert us before our foes. Have you ever gone through a storm? You ever gone through a struggle and it seems like your friends didn't understand, your wife, your husband didn't understand, your family didn't understand. You realize you had a friend that understood. Amen. You had a companion that was walking with you that understood where you was at and he was going with you through it all. I've realized something in life. You know what? God lets us get to those places where it feels like everybody else has abandoned us. Because God wants our total trust. You know, becoming a Christian, we, we sometimes make it a simple thing. But you know what? Becoming a Christian is you got to abandon yourself. You got to abandon what you want and you got to let God have his way. And you got to fully trust him. Because when you trust him, then he'll lead you and he'll direct you where you need to go. He wants to be with us and he's preparing a place for us to live with him forever. Do you realize that? You know, I heard it said years ago that we've become too earthly minded, that we're no heavenly good. Anybody ever thought much about heaven? Probably this week with our president and doing the things he's doing with Iran and, every, and all the th- upheaval around the world. We're going somewhere, amen? 
And as Christians, and the, the hope for the Christian church, when they turned the world upside down, and, well, they received the Holy Ghost. They got in communion with God at the day of Pentecost, and they received it, and they went around telling the good news. Amen. Second thing this morning, the demands of walking with God. Walking with God demands entire surrender. The name Enoch means dedicated, one yielded up to God, to be conformed to God's mind and will. Walking with God demands surrender to God's will. When's the last time you really surrendered to God? When's the last time you really looked to God and said, Lord, I want your will, not mine? Now go ahead and look at your life. Look at everything that's going on in your life. Can you really handle it? Amen. Because I don't know about y'all, the older I get, the more things seem to stress me out at times. The more things get on my nerves. Amen. Maybe people get on my nerves a little more. I don't know. And it seems like you had your plans and you had your five-year, 10-year, 15-year financial plan. They're not working out. When God says, I want you to surrender to me. Jesus says, don't worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. He says, I'll give you what you need today. That's the life of a Christian. That's the life of a Christian supposed to live surrendered unto God. And he doesn't say, trust me and surrender in something. But he says, surrender your whole life, your complete life. That he's Lord over your life. And that Lord means that he's the one that's going to make your decision. He's the one that's going to lead and direct and guide you. That's what God wants. He wants surrender. You know, Paul indicated this surrender when he wrote in Philippians 3. He says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You know what, we can go all through life and we can make up all kinds of rules and, and do things in our own life, but if it's not to Christ, it's garbage, Paul said. Paul was a Jew of the Jews. You know, he was, serve, he was doing all these things, but he wasn't serving God. We can go through life doing everything we want to do. And we can amass great things and do great things in this world. Eyes. But if it's apart from Christ, Paul said it's garbage. That's what our stuff is in the basement sometimes, amen? In our garages and our outbuildings. It's just stuff. And I was watching this in, thing, this individual, 70 years ago, he started amassing all these great equipment and all these different things. And they were showing what he paid for this stuff. It was millions and millions of dollars. And then he, but he never would let go of it. He was buying it because he was going to use it someday. Well, that someday never came. Though his family had to get rid of it. And they made 175000 before they had to pay everybody to get rid of the stuff. That's what life is. Apart from God, it's garbage. It's useless. You know, walking with God demands unbroken fellowship. As Enoch walked with God, he had fellowship with God. They were in agreement are you in agreement with God today? Do you know how many people in church, they go to church and, you know, I always pick about the church down the road. But, you know, you talk to anybody, most of them are Christians. And, you know, 
We can say we're Christians, but you know what? If our actions aren't showing it, the world's seeing it. But you know, Enoch proved it. Amen. He was in right fellowship. He was serving God. They were in agreement. You know, sometimes we got to get in agreement. Amen. A house divided will not stand. You realize that. You know, that's why husbands, why husbands figure out what makes your wife mad. Don't do it no more. Amen. And I say that jokingly, but in all honesty, if you look at marriage counseling, a lot of different things that goes along with that, people don't just break up because of one day they decide that. But it's a progression of things. Just like our walk with God, we can progressively begin to gently, gently just slide away from God and begin to do our own thing and just whatever and, and just rationalize what we're doing. And just like Samson one day wake up and realize that the power of God, the spirit of God has left us. And we don't even know it. Where is your walk at today? Amos, Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You ever tried to walk with somebody wanting to go this way and the other one wanting to go that way? Don't work out that way. But you got to walk together in the same direction. Enoch had good company for the road of life. Walking with God makes the trip of life enjoyable. Is anybody served Christ can say that it's been a bad road? We have our moments. And looking back at those moments, a lot of times because we tried to go the other way. third thing we look at with walking with God is that walking with God demands continual progress. Our knowledge of God must continually be growing because the wheels of life never stand still. Each day is a new journey for we have not passed this way before. For we journey toward a new country, the upward way, the promised land. When's the last time you picked up the word of God? That's how we know about God. That's how we can know the mind and the will of God. Is if we allowing that word to penetrate our hearts and our minds every day. Or allowing God to transform us and to change us. That's how God gives us direction. To know where we're going. And the fourth thing with walking with God demands complete separation. Walking with God prohibits indulgence in the sinful pleasures of the world. God is light and those who walk with him do not walk in darkness. Y'all with me this morning? I know this is a Wednesday night service, but you know. You know, Paul said, set your affections on things above, not on things below. Colossians 3 and 2. This morning, we've got to change our affections. Amen? Because if we keep looking at this earth, we're going to miss out what God is doing. You know, there's, there's a passage in Revelation 3 that talks about that if you don't maintain your relationship with God, if you don't walk with God and you don't serve Him, there's coming a day that if you don't strive with Him and walk in holiness, He says, if you'll endure to the end, He says, I will no wise mark your name, blot your name out of the book of life. You realize God can blot your name out of the book of life. The words of Christ in Revelation 3. I don't want to be found that way. And the Bible says in the last days there's going to be a great falling away. I rode by a church the other day and they had a sign on there and it says anybody welcome. Any, all inclusion. Church, we ought to be a church that's inclusive. Amen. We ought to welcome every sinner there is out there. That's what we're here for. 
But we don't compromise and we don't change the standards for what that word says. The fifth point with walking with God is walking with God demands suffering. Those who walk with God suffer the criticism and the hatred of the world. John 15 and 18. 2 Timothy 2 and 3 says they suffer as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We're going to face suffering. We're going to endure suffering. But Leviticus tells us we've got to sanctify ourselves, prepare ourselves. Paul says in Romans 6, I sanctify myself daily. Because I'm not here to please the world. I'm not here to please myself. But I'm here to please God and serve Him and honor Him. The Christianity that we're hearing about today is that, you know, you can be healthy and wealthy and have everything you want. And we can be all inclusive about everything. And everything's going to be great. But the problem with that is you begin to blur the lines. You begin to d- drift away from God's standard of holiness. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except by me. And when you're looking at the, the, the modern Christianity today, is, is that it's all about what I can get out of it. How I can feel better about myself. You know how I begin to feel better about myself? I begin to learn God's word. I begin to repent of my sins. I begin to walk in holiness. Then I had a release. And then I had peace. Then I had joy and hope that this world can't take away. Amen. We're pilgrims looking for an eternal home. Jesus, the son of man, didn't even have a place to lay his head. But yet, he had a bar or tomb when he died. And I hear preachers telling that, you know, God, Jesus was so rich that he had to carry around a treasure with him all the time. But we know where that treasure ended up, don't we? Stop looking for satisfaction in this world and start looking for it in your walk with Christ. Third main point of walking with God, the manner of walking with God. Walking with God means walking by faith we receive through Christ Jesus. Paul said, you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3, 26. And for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, for it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For we walk by faith in happiness and sorrow, turmoil and death. For without faith it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 and 6. God says we've got to walk by faith. Amen. It's the manner of our walk. It's all by faith. It's not by what we're going to see, not what we're going to understand. But it's trusting God and saying, God, I trust you. And the direction that you're taking my life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your paths. You know, we don't just wake up trusting Him. We've got to learn to trust Him. Amen? We've got to keep trusting Him. When hardships come, just trust Him anyhow. And just believe Him. And that's what He says. That's the manner of our walking with God is, is trust and faith. Walking with God means to be walking in hip, not in a hypocritical way. But we do not walk with faces disfigured, but transfigured. Not conformed to the rights of humanity, but transformed by the power of God. The greatest thing about Christianity is that God gives us power. Amen. Other religions of the world, they're doing all these things, hoping they're going to get to God. Hoping they're going to please their God. But God gives us a deposit already. Amen. When, he, when we're born again, when we're saved, his Bible says he gives a deposit of the Spirit in our hearts. And that Spirit begins to tap on our mind and our shoulders and tell us which way to go. 
And as we walk, as we learn, as we labor, we get closer and closer to Him. We do not walk with ears open to idle tales or gossip, but we walk to listen to the God, the voice of God. Walking with God means walking in truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14 and 6. John the apostle said, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. 3 John and 3. Walking with God means a spiritual walk. Paul said, Walk by the Spirit, and ye shall not gratify the desires of the flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and verse 25. Do you hear the continual words of the Bible? That we've got to walk. We're not walking according to flesh. We're not walking according to our own understanding. But we're walking in faith and an understand that God has a way and a truth. Amen. And the fourth point, and my final one, the privilege of walking with God. Walking with God assures us of the forgiveness of our sins. The Bible says that in Isaiah that God put in the heart of man eternity. And this world is trying to satisfy that desire. Trying to satisfy that longing. But they'll never satisfy it. Only Christ can satisfy that desire. Amen. You know, John the Apostle said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1 and 9. You know, I'm reminded of my past every once in a while. And I'm remorseful of my past from certain things in life. But you know what? God don't hold it. Remember it. Amen. God's forgiven me all my past guilt and shame. All my sins he's forgiven now, that don't mean because I've been saved, I ain't going to do what I want to anymore. Amen? Paul said, God forbid. God said, Paul says, you know, we get saved and God forgive us, but shall we continue to walk in sin? Shall we continue to gratify the desires of the flesh? But because I've been saved, because I've been redeemed, now I've got to learn to walk. Amen? With Him. And you know, the greatest of all feelings is the joy of walking with God on the highway of life. And knowing that you're forgiven and cleansed. Has anybody ever been felt guilty? Amen. You ever felt guilty in your life? That's why it's so important when we come into services. That we be prayed up before we get here. Amen. Because I dare say it might be some folks in here don't know Christ. I don't know the hearts of people. But God does. But it's the Holy Spirit that draws all men in himself. It's the Holy Spirit that deals with us where we're at. You know, walking with God assures us the strength from day to day. You know, Matthew 28, 20, the Lord had promised to be with us always. Paul said that the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 2 Timothy 4, 17 through 18. God heard us. He knew us. He cleansed us. He delivered us out of the mouth of the enemy. You know, he pulled us out of the miry clay. Are you thankful for what God's done for you? I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't want to run nobody off. But you know, if you just come to church just to be come to church, you're wasting your time. Amen. Because God wants more than just a casual relationship. But God wants a relationship, a friendship. 
He wants us to trust Him and to know Him and to walk with Him and to believe Him. You realize also that walking with God assures us of comfort for life's sorrows. Enoch did not die, but I am sure he had sorrows along the way. Amen? He had kids, didn't he? I ain't saying that in a negative way. But kids, they drive you crazy sometimes, don't you? There's nothing worse than when your kids start dating. If you got daughters, amen? Until they get their driver's license and you see them drive off the first time without you. Amen? But I have an assurance that if I'm walking with God and they're walking with God, that things are going to work out, amen? Not like we always want them to do, but God will work everything out for His good. You know, many passages of God's Word assure us of comfort for life's sorrows. God is with us and He speaks to us, Psalm 23. Walking with God assures us of, ha- of, assures us of happiness along life's journey. You know, being a Christian is not drab and boring. Amen? Amen. Being a Christian is a whole lot more fun. And you don't wake up with a headache or sick or anything else. And you don't have to wake up with regrets. Because the way the world sees it is, it's just fun and drinking and partying and having a good time. But it's not. But serving God is great. You know, Paul knew all about that. Even in prison, he wrote to the Philippians urging them to, to rejoice always in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Paul was in prison. Sister Ron, if you'd come. Paul was in prison. He went through a hard life. He struggled. But yet, even in his prison and his trials and all the sufferings that he went through, he rejoiced. You can rejoice today walking with him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let us stand. Do you realize today you can be, begin your journey with the Lord? And it's not, it's not some great thing you've got to do. It's basically recognize that, you know what? Without God, I can do nothing. I can't get to heaven. I can't live this life without Him. He says simply, I've just got to surrender to Him. Our Heavenly Father, we love You today. Lord, we come into this place, Lord. And Lord, I pray it's just not a series of services. It's not just to come in here and to take up some time. But God, I ask You today, Lord, search our hearts. For the holidays and everything that's going on, the business of life. We miss the important things, the needful things, the necessary things. Father, I ask you today, search our hearts. Lord, if we're not walking with you like we ought to be walking with you, let us know, Lord. And Lord, if we're truly, totally against you, Lord, if we just don't even know you, Lord, Lord, I pray that individual in their hearts would yield themselves unto you. God, you're the answer to all our needs. You're the answer to all the world's problems. Father, I ask you today, search our hearts. Search us where we're at, Lord. 
And help us experience this newness of life. Help us, Lord, let 2020 be a year, Lord. That it's not that we can lose weight and we can do, get financial shape and all these other things that are good. But, Lord, Lord, let it be a year that we draw closer to God. For, Lord, I'm believing that, God, you've got great things for this church, Lord. The enemy's come to try to destroy and mess up, Father. And he's done a pretty good job over the years. But we serve a God that's more than able to put back. We serve a God that's able to draw people back. And Lord, my prayer for this year is, Lord, you would draw those back, Lord, that have left us. That, Father, you would mend the brokenness, Lord God. That you would do what the works that needs to be done in the hearts and lives of your people. And that, God, we would have a vision a personal vision as individuals that life that God is interested in winning souls and added to the kingdom of God Father we bless you today for what you're doing and I pray God do a work in the hearts of your people Lord today and Lord help us to think about this that what your word is saying that you want us to walk with you and to know you and communion with you. Because one day everything, as Paul said, it's all garbage. There's coming a day when it's all going to be burned up. There'll be nothing. But what we've done for you, Lord, for the relationship that we had for you, and that the lives we poured into, that's all that's going to matter. Father, be with your people. Strengthen them, encourage them. And may they desire that walk with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.